Welcome into the Cyclone Scoop. I'm Alex Halsted from 24-7 Sports and CycloneAlert.com. I'm talking to you a week before Selection Sunday. That means it's almost March Madness. And before Iowa State can get to March Madness, it has to get to Kansas City in the Big 12 tournament. That is the purpose of today's episode, is I wanted to preview the Big 12 tournament. Iowa State's matchup is set down in Kansas City. And then after that, Selection Sunday comes along. And so on this episode, I'll be previewing the Big 12 tournament, the outlook for Iowa State and the conference as a whole. And then also we'll have USA Today bracketologist Shelby Mast, who will help me break down Iowa State's floor, their ceiling, what can they do in Kansas City, uh, where might they land in terms of location. Uh, He'll join me at the end of the episode uh, as we kind of go in chronological order here to break down Iowa State's uh, month of March. Let's start by recapping the regular season. Iowa State finishes the regular season 20-11 and and 9-9 in the Big 12. That, though, comes with losing six of the final eight games of the regular season, including Saturday's season finale against Texas Tech. That's a seven-point loss to number eight Texas Tech, who celebrated a Big 12 title at Hilton Coliseum. Uh, Iowa State actually feels, though, pretty good, it seems like, even in, in the loss. Um, this loss was not quite like the others. The Cyclones have lost three consecutive games, uh, but the other two were 15- and 17-point losses that Iowa State just really did not look competitive in. This one was a bit different. Uh, the Cyclones were competitive really until the under-four media timeout um, and had chances late in the game to win the game and could not get the big shot. Texas Tech did get the big shot um, and ended up pulling away there in the final minutes. Uh, but afterwards, Steve Prohm, Mariel Shayak, Nick Weiler, Bab, all three of them seemed pretty optimistic. Prohm said this is the best he's felt in probably three weeks. Um, you know, it, it, it did feel like a moral victory of sorts in terms of, of that discussion, um, which I guess at this point, I mean, if you're Iowa State, you got to be fine with. I mean, Texas Tech is a good team. They are the number eight team in the country, according to the Associated Press. But even when you go by metrics, uh, they're the number eight team in the country, according to Ken Palm. They're the top defense in the country. Um, Iowa State put up, you know, I think 73 points on on that top defense. Um, they're a team that's probably going to be a two or three seed in the NCAA tournament. A team that I think a lot of people are going to pick to to make a run to at least the Sweet Sweet 16 and maybe beyond. And so it is a good Texas Tech team. It's not a bad loss. Um, and Iowa State did look better. You know, they 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 still had some flaws. Uh, 14 turnovers at home. They missed nine free throws. Um, and their three point defense, which has been kind of a big issue over the last month or so. Um, continue to struggle. I think they gave up 11 three-pointers. Some of them contested, uh, but it's still the situation where Iowa State is not contesting some of them. They're not switching and getting out to some of those those three-point attempts. And so that has still been an issue. It was an issue Saturday. Um, Iowa State, in fact, gave up uh, two three-pointers in the final 47 seconds of the first half. And that maybe even proved to be the difference of the game. And so there's areas to clean up. It's by no means is Iowa State happy. That's what Prohm said. He's, he's by no means satisfied. Um, but he is happy that Iowa State looked a lot better than they have probably in the last three weeks, uh, particularly in the last week when they lost, um, you know, two games um, to Texas and West Virginia by 17 points and 15 points. They looked competitive against Texas Tech. Um, they started the game up 8 nothing, Then they gave up a 9-0 run, and that's kind of been their Achilles heel in recent weeks is when they've given up a run. They've kind of caved. Um, they fought back against several Texas Tech runs of this game, um, and that's what makes Iowa State feel a little bit better as it goes down to Kansas City uh, for the Big 12 tournament. And the Big 12 tournament matchup is set. It's actually been set, you know, even before Iowa State got to the finale. It's a little bit anticlimactic. Iowa State has known that it was probably going to face Baylor um, for the last week or two, 
and that is indeed the matchup that is set in Kansas City. It would be four-seed Baylor against five-seed Iowa State, um, and that is the 11.30 a.m. game on Thursday. Um, so the play-in games are on Wednesday night, and then Iowa State will kick off what really feels like the true part of the tournament. You know, Wednesday doesn't really – you know, I, I covered Wednesday um, games last year uh, when Iowa State was there, and it, it doesn't really – feel like the Big 12 tournament quite yet. I think, you know, you, you got to make it to Thursday. You got to play Thursday to really feel like you're part of the happenings down there in Kansas City. And Iowa State will be playing on Thursday, Thursday morning at 11.30 a.m. It will be number four Baylor versus number four Iowa State. And obviously, Iowa State has not played well against Baylor this year. The Cyclones uh, got swept by Baylor. Um, they lost 73-70 to in Waco and 73-69 to in Ames. So the Cyclones lost a pair of games to the Bears by a combined seven points. Different issues in both games, and we'll get to those in a minute. Um, but as Iowa State goes down to Kansas City to face Baylor, Steve Prohm is two and six all time uh, against Baylor uh, since he's been in Iowa State. They've been swept a couple times, including this season, um, but they've had their struggles against Baylor. It's, it's been a, a bad matchup for Iowa State. Prohm has even said that, you know, Baylor's just out toughed Iowa State several times. They've always had the length and the size over Iowa State, um, and that's going to be a big storyline as Iowa State goes down to Kansas City to try to try to uh, work some magic. They hope the third time is a charm against Baylor this season. Um, that is going to be a quadrant one game. It's going to be on a neutral court, um, and uh, Baylor's you know got a good net ranking, and, and so that is going to be a quadrant one game. In fact, any game Iowa State plays down in Kansas City is probably going to be a quadrant one game, um, and so they really – only have positive things to look forward to. If they lose to Baylor, it is not a bad loss on their resume. It's not really a blemish as they go into Selection Sunday a week from today. Um, if they um, beat Baylor, uh, beat whoever's beyond that, um, all they'll do is help their resume and rack up what are going to be quadrant one wins and, and what would be quality wins as the NCAA Selection Committee makes their um, seating decisions. So what is the outlook against Baylor? Uh, Ken Palm actually really likes Iowa State's chances on paper. You know, this is not taking into account the 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 pessimism or the optimism of the fan base or Iowa State losing six of the last eight games. Um, this is on paper. Ken Palm gives Iowa State a 60.5% chance to beat Baylor. Obviously, that means Baylor has a 39.5% a chance to advance to the Big 12 semifinals on Friday. So Iowa State's actually, um, you know, seen pretty favorably in, in most of those metrics going into Thursday's game, but the Cyclones have struggled uh, against Baylor. Uh, like I said, the first matchup in Waco, Iowa State lost 73-70. to 70. The issue in that game was not really toughness. Uh, the Cyclones gave up 10 of 31 missed shots, so 32.3% of offensive rebounds to Baylor in that first matchup, but it was really a bad first half. The Cyclones trailed by eight points at halftime, and uh, they couldn't find Makai Mason. Um, the, the transfer, the graduate transfer, scored 25 points in that first matchup in Waco. Really hurt Iowa State, um, as did Tristan Clark, and um, obviously he, that was his last game of the season. So Baylor's a different-look team um, since then. But Makai Mason really hurt Iowa State in that first meeting. The Cyclones had chances late. They couldn't make critical plays. They missed a, a critical rebound on a missed free throw. Nick Wilder-Babb had kind of a heave a little bit far from the rim with a, a little bit too much time. Um, was he fouled? Was he not fouled? That was the big question in that one. Um, at the time, it actually looked like maybe it was going to be a bad loss. Um, Baylor was not projected very high in the Big 12. I think they were picked 7th or 8th in the Big 12 in the preseason. 
Um, so at the time, it was, it was not seen as a, a great loss, although it is tough to win on the road in the Big 12. Um, but it proved to be just fine. You know, Baylor ended up finishing fourth in the Big 12 at 10-8. and eight, uh, was actually a, a really good team. Scott Drew um, did quite a job with that team. Probably one of the best jobs of anybody in the Big 12. I'd say probably outside Chris Beard, who was, um, whose Texas Tech team was picked to finish in the bottom half of the Big 12 as well. And then obviously ended up splitting the title with Kansas State. So um, Scott Drew did a good job this year with that Baylor team, and, and that was not a bad loss on the road uh, at Waco. It was not a great loss, though, at home when Iowa State lost 73-69, to 69. Um, and that's because really of how it happened. Iowa State gave up 18 offensive rebounds on 36 misses. Um, Baylor rebounded 50% of its misses, and um, that that was a, a really bad number for Iowa State that day. Steve Prohm said after that game that, you know, Iowa State did have chances to win the game, and Prohm said, you know, even if they won the game, it w you would have taken the win. You always take a win. Um, but they did not deserve to win that game. That's one of the games where absolutely Iowa State probably just did not deserve to win uh, the game. That Probably that one at home versus TCU, uh, maybe at Texas, um, probably at West Virginia. Um, there's not a ton of them. There's a game where Iowa State just lost. Um, but that Baylor game, they, they just did not play well. And that was in the stretch, um, this recent stretch of losing um, – six of their last eight games. And so they learned some things in that Baylor game as they go to uh, Kansas City. I think the, the biggest question for fans is, will Iowa State, will Steve Prohm play two bigs at the same time? Cameron Lard did not play Saturday against Texas Tech in his finale. Prohm said afterwards he just liked George Condit's energy at West Virginia in the second half. And so he stuck with, um, stuck with Condit in the season finale. Um, I have some suspicions that it had a little bit more to do with Cameron Lard um, laughing hysterically on the bench while Iowa State was getting beat by double figures pretty handily by the worst team in the Big 12 on Wednesday at West Virginia. That was caught on ESPN. I probably didn't say that. I don't, you know, Lard wasn't suspended by any means, but um, feels a little bit more like that than, than just George Condit having energy. Regardless, Prome did say that Lard um, – practiced well on Friday leading into the finale, um, and he's excited to see what he'll do in Kansas City. So, you know, Iowa State does have George Condit, who's played a lot more since really the Texas game. He's played against Texas, West Virginia, and Texas Tech the last three games of the season. They're all losses, um, but he has gotten some run, and I think they've liked some of the things he's done. Michael Jacobson, and then obviously there's Cameron Lard. Does Iowa State go with two bigs at times? It's, it's, a, it's a look they gave just a little bit against West Virginia. Steve Prohm said that it wasn't good or bad, that looking back at, at what they did against West Virginia with two bigs, it, it, there just wasn't a sample size to really judge it. He said it wasn't necessarily great. It wasn't necessarily bad. It just they didn't do it enough for him to really judge it. Um, he didn't think against Texas Tech that it, it really made sense because um, that's a team that you're better off spacing them out um, and making them defend. But against Baylor, it could be meaningful. Like I said, Iowa State – has given up 32% of offensive rebounds in the first meeting, which is actually a decent number. I think that's closer to what Iowa State wants to be at. But in the, re in the meeting at uh, Hilton Coliseum, they gave up 50% of offensive rebounds. Um, that number is going to have to be the kind of the key number that improves. They've got to be tougher on the boards. They, they can't give Baylor second chances and have to continue to defend um, in Kansas City. So that's going to kind of be the big question down there. Uh, Makai Mason did not play in the regular season finale against Kansas. Um, he had a boot on his foot. He's been dealing with a, I think, a bruised toe really for the last uh, probably month or so, maybe longer. Um, 
he did play against Iowa State both times. Like I said, the first time he was kind of the difference, one of the key differences. He scored 25 points against Iowa State uh, the second time in Ames. He was not really the, the key factor. That was more so toughness and offensive rebounding. But Mason did still score uh, 14 points, which in that game he was coming off uh, n- not playing for a couple games and an injury there, which is which is the same injury he's dealing with now. But I suspect that he was held out of the regular season finale so that he's ready for Thursday in Kansas City. Obviously, him not playing against Kansas cost him that game, but they were already – maybe not cost him the game, but it didn't help their cause. And and the end of the day, it wasn't a meaningful game in, in really any sense other than probably helping their NCAA tournament resume because Baylor and Iowa State have both been locked into that 4-5 game for at least a week, a week or so, most most of a week. So – so Baylor knew what was at stake, and it was really just an NCAA tournament, you know, patter. And so Mason now gets, you know, five days or so off uh, before they go to Kansas City. Mario Sack obviously did play for Iowa State. He's dealing with a sprained pinky toe, and he played fine. He scored a game or a team-high 17 points in the finale, uh, came out really strong early. But he did say after the game that, that he was dealing with soreness, and it got kind of not worse, but it, more noticeable maybe as the game went on. Uh, but he's going to get some time off, and he should be fine for that game as well. So both teams should be at full strength um, in terms of just what they've had recently. Uh, but that is something to keep an eye on with Makai Mason to not play in the regular season finale. But I would expect that he will play against Iowa State. So what is the Big 12 tournament outlook? Um, Iowa State, like I said, um, has a 60.5% chance to advance to the semifinals, which means they have a 60.5% chance to beat Baylor on Thursday and then advance to play on Friday. Um, let's look down and kind of across what the Big 12 outlook is really as a whole. In terms of championship percentages, the, according to Ken Palm, the, the chances to win the, win the whole thing, uh, Texas Tech has by far the best chance to win this, win this tournament. Um, Ken Palm pegs them at 36.6% chance. Uh, Kansas State then is at 17.3%. Kansas at 16.8% and then Iowa State at 12.6%. Anybody below that is basically 6% or lower. So those four teams are kind of the favorites to go to Kansas City and win the title in order. Again, that's Texas Tech, Kansas State, Kansas, and then Iowa State. But Texas Tech is quite a gap. You know, Texas Tech is at 36.6% chance to win this tournament, and then Kansas State at 17.3% chance. So even that's a a pretty big gap. Um, Texas Tech is the two seed. Um, Texas Tech and Kansas State split the regular season title. Uh, but tiebreakers play out, and that puts Kansas State as the one seed and Texas Tech as the two seed. Um, going down the line, Iowa State's chances, you know, obviously they have a 100% chance to advance to the quarterfinals. They will not have to play in that play-in game as they did last year. And so that, that automatically puts them into Thursday in a 100% chance, then a 60.5% chance to go to the semifinals. Like I said, that that obviously the matchup with Baylor. And then beyond that, you have a 32.3% chance for Iowa State to reach the finals on Saturday and a 12.6% chance to win the Big 12 title. Uh, When you look at kind of the outlook, Iowa State is going to open with Baylor on Thursday, and then most likely if Iowa State can get past Baylor in that morning game, they will return to the court Friday night and face Kansas State. Um, Kansas State's going to play the winner of TCU and Oklahoma State. They'll be favored in that game. Um, upsets can happen, certainly. Um, those are the eight and nine seeds in this tournament, TCU the eight seed and Oklahoma State the nine seed. Um, but assuming Kansas State gets past that game, it will be uh, either Iowa State or Baylor facing Kansas State uh, for a shot at the Big 12 title. Um, so Iowa State's road really looking like Baylor, Kansas State, 
And then if they do make the finals, most likely you would think on the other side of that bracket it's going to be either Texas Tech or Kansas. And so, like I said at the top, you know, in terms of NCAA tournament resume, Iowa State can only help its cause. Yes, they could lose, you know, to Baylor right away and go into Selection Sunday having, um, you know, lost seven of nine. That would not be a good stretch. It's not the way you, A, want to go into Selection Sunday, but more so not the way you want to go into the NCAA tournament. They'll have lost seven of nine if they lose to Baylor in the opening round, plus have lost four straight going into the first round of the NCAA tournament. That's not that's not where you want to be, certainly. Uh, but it wouldn't be a bad loss, and it probably would not affect their NCAA tournament seeding a ton if they lose on Thursday to Baylor. But they can help their tournament seeding. They can beat Baylor. That would be a quadrant one win. They could beat Kansas State. That would be a quadrant one win. And either Texas Tech or Kansas on the other side, uh, both of those would be quadrant one. So all that's really at stake is quadrant one wins in Kansas City. They cannot really lose a bad game because, uh, you know, as you go down the line, all those are going to be quadrant one games. And, and at worst, they're they're adding another loss um, to their record, but just really a quadrant one loss in terms of the NCAA team sheet that the NCAA selection committee will use uh, a week from now, as I'm talking to you, a week from selection Sunday. Um, that's what the, the committee will look at. So um, Iowa State really only positives as it goes down to Kansas City. Um, I think there's always the debate of, of what does winning a Big 12 title do in terms of pushing you into the NCAA tournament? What does it mean when you lose the first game? Um, I'm not sure if there's any exact uh, study out there about getting bounced in the first round of the Big 12 tournament, how it correlates to the NCAA tournament or winning the whole thing and how it correlates. Um, you know, we've, we've seen, kind of seen both things. We've seen Iowa State go and, and lose right away in the NCAA tournament. Um, we've seen them make a run. So there's not necessarily any correlation. I think it's more so – just Iowa State's got to play better basketball. And, and like I said at the top, Steve Prohm, Mario Shadak, Nick Weiberbab, they all felt really good on um, on Saturday after a loss. It, it kind of, like I said, felt like a moral victory a little bit. Uh, probably didn't even feel like it. That's kind of what it is uh, by definition. But they had reason to feel better against a, a Texas Tech team that's probably going to be a two or three seed in the NCAA tournament, could make a run um, to the Sweet 16 and beyond. They played better. Um, but – you know, they do go into Kansas City um, on a little bit of a downturn and, and trying to correct things against a team that, you know, Steve Prohm is 2-6 and six against. Iowa State has got swept by this year. Uh, but they've lost those two games by seven points, and they've had opportunities even, you know, even at home. They lost by four points while giving up 50% of offensive rebounds. If they can improve that number and they can play tougher, they can get Baylor. That's why, that's why you're seeing 60.5% chance by Ken Palm to advance to the second round, to the semifinals of the Big 12 tournament. So let's move on then. That's the Big 12 tournament outlook. Iowa State um, goes to Kansas City Thursday morning, 11.30 a.m. Um, depending when you're listening to that, this, this could, that could be four days, three days, two days. Maybe you're listening the morning of game day. Um, but what all that means and what all that gears up for is the NCAA tournament. I'm talking again on select, uh, a week from Selection Sunday. And when it gets to Selection Sunday, the, the NCAA Tournament Committee, the NCAA Selection Committee is going to have the, the resume in front of them. And Iowa State's resume is not too bad. Um, I know it's, it's easy to get pessimistic about what Iowa State has done recently, that they've lost um, six of their last eight games, that they've lost three straight going into Kansas City. Um, but the NCAA looks at the, the picture as a whole. The NCAA Committee does not say, okay. I mean, I'm not saying that there's not a little bit of recency bias in there where they're they're looking and saying this team is really trending downwards. I think that that probably does play a, a role. They they do look and see, 
know, what, what their maybe last 10 games are and those sorts of things. But at the end of the day, the, the committee is looking at a body of work. And Iowa State has a, a, a fine body of work um, as it goes to Kansas City. And like I said, with only a chance to improve on that resume. The Cyclones through the regular season in the net rankings, which again replaced the RPI this year, uh, the Cyclones are number 24 nationally in net. Uh, according to Ken Palm, they are number 21 nationally. I'm not sure their seeding exactly correlates to those rankings. I think they're probably a bit lower than those rankings seeding-wise. But at the end of the day, that's top 25 in both net and Ken Palm. You can even go to ESPN's BPI in their 20th. Um, Sager in their 22nd. Um, so really across the board and all these advanced metrics, Iowa State is a top 25 team still. And um, are they playing like a top 25 team? No. But their resume still kind of puts them in a decent seating, even though I think people are – you know, I've heard people say, okay, Iowa State's – they're going to be in danger of the playing game in Dayton. And they're not even close to that that range. Um, they're not on the bubble. They're safely in the tournament. It's just about, you know, what can they do to help their seating or um, I don't think really hurt it too much in Kansas City, but what can they still do um, to get the committee's attention before Selection Sunday? Uh, in terms of the quadrants, you know, there's obviously Quadrant 1, Quadrant 2 – Quadrant three and quadrant four. Your quadrant one games are, are the best wins. Quadrant four are the best or the worst, the worst opponents. You know, really, all you got to do is win those games. If you lose them, you just hurt yourself. You don't do anything by winning them. You just hurt yourself by losing those quadrant four games. And that's the positive about Iowa State's resume. The Cyclones are five and seven in quadrant one games and three and four in quadrant two games. So the Cyclones overall going into Kansas City are 8-11 and 11 in Quadrant 1 in Quadrant 2 games. They've missed some opportunities late. There's a point that they were 4-3, and three, I think, in Quadrant 1 games. They dropped some Quadrant 1 games late, some opportunities late. Those are not bad losses, but they prevented Iowa State from really moving up seed-wise or solidifying themselves as, a, as a, say, a 4 or 5 seed. Um, and now there's a little bit more question, but those are not bad losses. Again, 8-11 and 11 in Quadrant 1 and Quadrant 2 games. In all three games, if Iowa State – played the maximum three games in Kansas City um, and really whether they play one two or three games in Kansas City all three of those games are almost certainly going to be quadrant one games unless somebody upsets somebody and, and, and advances deep into the tournament but Baylor's a quadrant one game to, to kickstart the Big 12 tournament and so that is only a possibility to improve that um, five and a seven five and seven record in quadrant one games the good part for Iowa State is they haven't really lost any bad games Quadrant three and quadrant four games, um, Iowa State is 12-0. and 0, So they have not lost to an opponent that's a quadrant three or a quadrant four game. And that means they really don't have any terrible blemishes on their resume. Their worst loss is a quadrant two game against West Virginia on the road. Um, on the road, uh, a away team can be in the net 101 to 135 and still be a quadrant two game. West Virginia is pretty safely in there. They're 109 in net. And so that is a quadrant two loss. Um, but Iowa State's worst two losses are West Virginia on the road. Um, they're 109 in net. And Arizona on a neutral court in Maui, and they're 95 in net. So those are their worst two losses. But even Iowa State's worst two losses right now are quadrant two losses. And so not any really terrible losses. And some really good wins when you look at it. Iowa State has a quadrant one win against Texas Tech on the road. A quadrant one win against Kansas State on the road. A quadrant one win against Ole Miss on the road. Um, so they've done some good work on the road in, in particular that has really bolstered that resume. And so Iowa State will go into um, the NCAA or the Big 12 tournament at 20-11 and 11 overall, 9-9 nine nine in the Big 12, 
They are currently number 24 in net, number 21 in Ken Palm, and uh, an 8-11 record in Quadrant 1 and Quadrant 2 games. So what does that mean for the NCAA tournament seeding? Uh, I've seen Iowa State as high as a five seed still, which I think is probably a little bit positive. Uh, but I've also seen them as low as an eight seed, which I think is probably a little bit pessimistic. Um, so I think they're probably in between there somewhere going into Kansas City. And obviously that's still a week to go. Iowa State can help their cause, but other teams can help their cause or hurt their cause in the next week. And so it's not uh, it's not just uh, as simple as what does Iowa State do or what don't they do. It's what do teams around them do um, that could still shuffle that seeding. I would probably put them right now as a seven seed um, and um, with an opportunity to move up. Um, it's just hard for me to see them in the eight, nine game right now. Um, but teams could do enough to move up and Iowa State could lose in the first round of the Big 12 tournament and still move to that. Um, and, and so that's what's going to be interesting. But I'm no bracket, bracket expert. Um, I do pay attention to kind of what all these projections are saying. Um, like I said, they, they're really anywhere, if you look across the internet, from five to eight. Um, but instead of me trying to, trying to figure it out, I decided to um, dial up Shelby Mast from the USA Today. Uh, he also covers uh, bracketology for bracketwag.com. And uh, I thought Shelby would uh, give a pretty good insight about where does he have Iowa State right now? What's their floor? What's their ceiling? Um, and so here's Shelby on what he thinks about Iowa State. I'm joined now by bracketologist Shelby Mast of bracketwag.com. And he's also the official bracketologist of the USA Today. Shelby, I know you're busy. You just uh, got done crunching together another bracket. Thanks for joining me uh, here before uh, the conference tournaments begin. Glad to do it. I just wanted to start in here talking about Iowa State's kind of situation as they go into Kansas City. You know, right now they've lost two of their last or they're two and six since they uh, were revealed as the top four seed by the selection committee uh, early on. Where do you kind of have Iowa State now, you know, as they go into the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City, having lost um, six of their last eight games? Yeah, they've been on a pretty bad streak. Uh, they are now my third seven seed, but they're in Des Moines for me. So I guess there's uh, a light at the end of that tunnel or, you know, silver lining there. That's, that's a, I think that's where they want to be. And I don't think they could get there any other uh, seed, but that's a, uh, that, that's a good spot for them. I think. I joked about that the other day that, you know, even with some of this turmoil, maybe they have played their way into Des Moines here. I, I, you know, I saw that you have them in Des Moines. It looks like the only way to Des Moines is probably a seven seed because of, of the two seeds that are going to be there. How much do you think the committee will take into consideration, you know, putting Iowa State maybe 30 minutes from home against a, a, a two seed uh, or something like that? What, what what do you think that will play into it as well? That won't. The, the, the top four seeds in each region are protected only for first round games. So second round, it's it's up for grabs. And if that's where it happens to be, Michigan State is, is the two seed I have there right now would play Iowa State because there's no guarantee either team's going to win. They'll protect them for that first game because that game is guaranteed. Anything after that is not. So that's, that is a very real possibility that they end up there. What goes into kind of your location part? I mean, obviously you got to match them up with a, a two seed or if they're a six seed, you got to match them up with a three seed. Um, are those kind of the main two scenarios right now where, you know, I've seen a lot of Tulsa and Des Moines that, you know, depending where they kind of fall that, you know, Des Moines or Tulsa are starting to become real possibilities depending on how this next week goes. Yeah, it is. Uh, the way that the bracket is put together is you put your top four seeds in each region in their region and their pod, and then you fill in everybody else after that. 
So it just happens to work out for Iowa State that the two seed right now in the, where I have them is Michigan State, and they would take the Des Moines spot, and Iowa State falls in there. You go by the seed line, there's four teams on each seed. Uh, the top seed on each line, you find them their best geographic location for their range. Then you go next and next and next. And it, you know, it worked out. This is I, I don't I, I'm not completely comfortable putting Iowa State on the seven line. Uh, they still have a shot to be a six seed. But I think just because of the fact it'd be Des Moines, that's where they'd probably prefer to be. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted to get into is that there is obviously still some uncertainty. There, there are games to play still. And Iowa State will go to Kansas City on Thursday. They'll play Baylor on a neutral court, which I think is going to be a quadrant one game. Um, anything they would play now in Kansas City would be a quadrant one game. Let's start with their best case scenario, their ceiling. Obviously, that's winning the Big 12 tournament in three games. But even if they win a couple games, where do you kind of think their ceiling is or, or the work that they can still do that, that they can still do in Kansas City? Well, it, their results don't necessarily happen in a vacuum either. So other teams' uh, outcomes of their games will factor in. But I could, if things fall right and they were to win the Big 12 tournament, I could see them getting to the five line. If they lose first round, I, losing to Baylor is not going to be uh, – it's not considered a bad loss. So I think that they would stay on the seven line. But if there's somebody on the eight or nine line that gets hot and makes a deep run in their tournament, they could move up and bounce them down. What's been the difficulty this year in terms of – you know, there's so many Midwest teams that are on this. It seems like the the one, two, three line, and, and only so many can go to Columbus. Only so many can go to Des Moines. Um, what's been the difficulty in that and, and trying to figure out where some of these teams are going to settle and, and some of those matchups that might occur because teams have to kind of go all the way around? Yeah, I, I mean, the, the pod system, I think, is a good thing that the NCAA started doing uh, nine or ten years ago, whenever it was. It, they, they are focusing more on trying to get teams to play closer to home to make it easier for travel, easier for fans to come watch. Uh, but sometimes you get match, you know, you get locations that don't work out. Uh, and I've got Kansas right now going to Salt Lake City. I don't think that's where they want to be, but that's the best available or closest available location that's left for them. Uh, it, it's a good system, but it, it does make things kind of difficult trying to you know, trying to you know, a West Coast team could end up on the East Coast. It it may happen. It probably won't because there's not too many West Coast teams that are vying for those top four seeds. But sometimes that is a possibility. You get absolutely will have somebody from the Midwest or the East that's going West. They won't like it, but that's the way it works out. I'll, I'll end with this. You kind of answered my other question, and that was a minute ago, and that was you know what Iowa State's floor was. You know, it sounds like you think they're you know, between a, a six and a, and a seven and, and maybe not below that, which I think is probably good news for fans just because you don't want to fall to that eight, nine. And then even if you do get out of the first round, you're playing what looks like pretty strong one seeds this year. Um, but, you know, obviously there's a lot of people around here that, you know, Des Moines not too far. Maybe they even live in Des Moines. And I did want to get some thoughts on, on Des Moines. Um, you know, it looks like right now you have Michigan and Michigan State going to Des Moines both as two seeds, and that's obviously where Iowa State potentially comes into the picture of, of being a seven seed in Des Moines. Do you think those two are, are pretty well locked into Des Moines, um, that those two two seeds in Michigan and Michigan State, you know, that's probably the best fit for them? It, probably so. I mean, if Michigan State were to win the Big Ten tournament and some other things happen, they could move up enough and take a Columbus spot, and that would open up Des Moines for somebody else. But I, I feel pretty good about where I have them right now. Michigan also could fall to the three line if they lose early in the Big Ten tournament. 
uh, you could see Texas Tech jump up to the two line, and that would change things around because then Texas Tech would be Tulsa, uh, a seven seed. Iowa State could not go face them because their conference foes and have played twice. Yeah, that's that's interesting. It's crazy how much goes into this, and it's going to be an yeah. interesting week here. Uh, ahead for Iowa State to see, you know, what they do. But thanks again for taking some time. I'm sure things will shuffle in the next week uh, before Selection Sunday. But uh, I appreciate you taking some time. Glad to do it. Thanks for having me. So that was Shelby Mast of BracketWeg.com and the USA Today. Um, interesting points there from Shelby. Really seems like he thinks Iowa State's ceiling is a five seed, which would require the Cyclones to most likely win the Big 12 tournament uh, and maybe move up to a five seed. Again, he's got Iowa State as a seven seed. Um, through the regular season. So that would put them up as many as two seed lines if Iowa State can go to Kansas City and beat probably Baylor, Kansas State, and either Kansas or Texas Tech. I mean, that would be three really high-quality wins, and maybe that does push Iowa State up into that five-seed range. He he seems to think that is, again, their ceiling. Their floor, he really – it seems like mostly a seven is Iowa State's floor. Though, like uh, Shelby said there – this stuff does not happen in a vacuum. If Iowa State loses to Baylor in the first round, maybe they're still a seven seed. But then what if some of those eight seeds go on and make a run in their conference tournaments? Then maybe they move up. And Iowa State doesn't necessarily move down, but teams move up to pass them. Um, that is a possibility too. So he's not throwing out the ruling or the possibility of an eight seed. Uh, but really it seems like Iowa State's probably between a five and a seven seed. Um, and really maybe in that six or seven range as it stands now. Like I said you know, before that interview, um, it seems like Iowa State, if you look around at all these bracket projections, is really a six or seven most places um, through the regular season. I tend to lean more on the seven seed, although, like I said, I'm not any bracketology expert, so um, so I don't know. But the seven seed, seed seems a little bit more realistic. Um, and he made a good point. Iowa State might rather be one of the better seven seeds than one of the worst six seeds because a seven seed likely is going to mean or not I shouldn't say likely but seven seed is going to open up the doors for Des Moines a six seed is probably not going to happen in Des Moines because right now it's looking like Des Moines probably going to get a, uh, a couple of two seeds just geographically this year when you look across all these seedings um, on the one line the two line even the three line it's a lot of Midwest schools um, Purdue Michigan Michigan State um, you know Marquette you go down the board, um, and Marquette might have slipped a little bit, but you go across the region, and a lot of these two, three seeds are going to be Midwest schools. Well, only so many can go to Des Moines. Only so many can go um, to Columbus. Some of them are going to have to go to Tulsa. And when you look at a lot of these bracketologists right now, most of them have two seeds, two two seeds, in fact, in Des Moines, and two three seeds in Tulsa. And so that's why you're seeing Iowa State and Tulsa and Des Moines a little bit more than you were earlier because it's going to depend on those pods. Um, if there's two two seeds in Des Moines and Iowa State's a seven seed, they've got a 50% chance to go to Des Moines. Um, if if there's uh, two three seeds in Tulsa and Iowa State's a six seed, they've got a 50% chance uh, to go to Tulsa. So it's really dependent on, on where those two seeds and those three seeds go if Iowa State is a six or a seven seed. And that's why Des Moines is a possibility. Like Shelby said there, the top four seeds are only protected for the first round of the NCAA tournament. And so I've got a lot of questions when, when these Des Moines projections have come out a little bit more frequently lately is would Iowa State put a seven seed or would the NCAA committee put a seven seed Iowa State in Des Moines 30 minutes from home against a two seed? And the answer apparently is that it's not a big deal because those seeds, those two seeds, likely maybe Michigan, Michigan State, I think Kentucky there at, at times, 
They're only prote- protected for the first round. The second round, they are not protected because the NCAA can't guarantee that those two seeds are going to advance. A 15 could win, and then all of a sudden the higher seed is is the seven seed. Um, and so that's only protected for the first round in Des Moines, and that's why Iowa State could, could realistically go to Des Moines if they stay in that seven seed. But like Shelby said, the only path to Des Moines is probably a seven seed unless a three seed gets put in Des Moines. Um, but right now it's looking like two seeds in Des Moines. And so Iowa State, if they're a, a five seed, if they're a six seed, is – going to go farther away from home, especially probably a five seed. They're probably going to go maybe out west even. So if, if they do move up, they're maybe going to go a little bit farther from home. Uh, if they stay in that seven range, Des Moines is a real possibility. A six seed, Tulsa is a real possibility. Um, but nobody really knows right now. I mean, a lot can happen before Selection Sunday, and that includes Iowa State. Like I said at the top, Iowa State has a 60.5% chance to win a game in Kansas City to beat Baylor, and that could – really help their resume and uh, stuff could happen around them and they can move up to that sixth line and all of a sudden Des Moines not really in the picture and and the matchups completely change. So there's still a week as I talk now before Selection Sunday and a lot can change between now and then. Uh, But that's all going to occur in Kansas City at the Big 12 tournament. Again, Iowa State tips off on Thursday, 11.30 a.m. against Baylor. I will be there in Kansas City for full coverage at CycloneAlert.com and 247sports.com. I uh, hope you'll follow along there. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Cyclone Scoop. I hope you enjoyed the, the little breakdown of the Big 12 tournament. Hope you liked hearing from Shelby Mast. And uh, make sure to check out his brackets as uh, uh, the NCAA tournament gets a little bit closer um, in the next week. So thanks again, and uh, I'll talk to you next time uh, with some more basketball talk before the NCAA tournament.